0: Hey everybody, coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today, sometimes we feel anxious, other times we feel relaxed or bored or worried or apathetic or even happy. Well, is there a best mental state for us to be in? One leading psychologist thinks so. It's called flow and we're talking about it right after the news with Katie Jarvis.
1: Good afternoon, I'm Katie Jarvis with BYU Radio News. Authorities say that New York City police have arrested 19 people in the city's largest guns bust ever. Police recovered 254 firearms. The 10-month investigation that led up to the arrest started when police saw pictures on Instagram, and they learned that gun sales were taking place in a recording studio in Brooklyn. The guns were brought to the city from from North and South Carolina by traffickers traveling on buses. The man who abducted a 16-year-old girl in California and killed her mother and younger brother named her family member as the beneficiary of his life insurance. He left over $100,000 to Hannah Anderson's paternal grandmother. Authorities say they don't know why he did this. He did have a sister who was still living. Hawaii authorities say the second shark attack in the state in less than a week has left a 16-year-old surfer with leg injuries. The boy suffered injuries on both legs after he was bitten yesterday afternoon on wednesday a shark bit off the uh, of when, um a shark bit off the arm of a 20-year-old german tourist who was snorkeling in maui health officials say lyme disease is about 10 times more common than previously reported in medical documents. As many as 300,000 Americans are actually diagnosed with Lyme disease each year. Lyme disease is caused by bacteria transmitted through the bites of infected ticks and other insects. In world news, a mob in eastern India formed after a fast-moving train ran over a group of Hindu pilgrims. They were crossing the train tracks at a crowded station. It happened earlier today, and at least 37 people were killed. Officials say the mob pulled the driver from the train, severely beat him, and set fire to the coaches. Other officials say the train was not scheduled to stop at the station and had been given the go-ahead to go through. And that's the news. This is BYU Radio. I'm Katie Jarvis. (laughs)
0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side, doing what we can on this program to give you some tools and a leg up in this crazy thing we call life. Good Monday morning. Is it Monday? It's afternoon, isn't it? It's afternoon. Good afternoon on Monday to ya. Monday. Monday it is. So we're starting a new week. And uh, I'm not quite in flow yet. I'm not in sync. Uh, it's always the first, you know, this is my first show of the week. I'm always a little off. Have you guys ever picked that up?
2: Yeah. Really? Sometimes, sometimes Monday it takes us a little while to it's harder. Uh, get in the, you know. Get in the groove. Get in the groove.
0: Get
3: into the flow of things.
2: Oh. See, we're using the word flow a
3: lot.
0: And there's a reason we're using flow. We hit today, honestly. So when we started the show a year and a half ago. I thought to myself, there is a guest that I would love to have on this show, and today this guest is going to be on the show.
2: Dream, dreams can come true, Matt.
0: I'm totally. When and you, this isn't even Disney.
2: When you wish upon a star, okay? I knew you'd go. <laughs> you st- just sing it. Sing a little bit. No, that's it. fine. I uh, no. Okay. That's not going to happen. It might put you into flow. Uh, we it, you know, it just might. So there's a psychologist,
0: and his name is Mihai Chiksent Mihai. That's how you say his name. It's a funny name it seems like it but it's really not in Hungarian it's like Michael little Saint Michael and he's a saint and he is honestly he's the the granddaddy let's call him of positive psychology movement so for years we've studied psychology and a lot of the psychology we were studying was abnormal like what what not to do or what people that are really struggling do And there's this huge movement that's come out in probably the last 30 years that's more like, why are we studying people that are just broken? Let's study people that claim to feel really good about their lives. And let's find out what those people are doing, which is what Mihai Csikszentmihalyi has spent some time doing. And he has figured out that there's this state we all get into called flow. Now, everyone's had it. We've all had a moment of it. So I'm going to quiz you. All of you are going to be quizzed. We get into a state called Florida.
3: Florida. Not
0: Florida. It's not that kind of state. It's a state of being. When you are in flow, and I call flow, I just call it when you're in the groove. Okay? So when everything's working, you feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're, you're totally in, in uh, what's the word, in sync. You get what you're doing. It's hard what you do. Like your job could be really hard, but you're nailing it. You're getting it. You're in sync. And life kind of seems to slow down for you a bit. Okay, it's called flow. And that he teaches is the, is the optimal state of human living. It's called flow. Boom. Versus boredom. Versus angry, versus anxious, versus all these other states we could be in. He teaches us that there's a state of flow. And he also is going to teach us that you don't just luck into it. I mean,
2: you can. Or you can actually go create it.
0: So, boom. Have you guys ever felt it? Do you know
2: what I'm talking about? Oddly enough, I get it whenever I vacuum. That's different. I think that's different. But see, it's not very boring. I find it very, very engaging. There's there, some... Are you using a flow
0: because uh, that's a different flow. Is that is that a kind a, of vacuum? That's a hair vacuum.
2: Oh, you cut your hair right. and you flow. No, no, I'm not. I'm, okay, I'm actually using a uh, pet vacuum, but f- it works really? for me.
0: Do you find um, vacuuming difficult?
2: Yeah, is it challenging? Trying to get into all the corners and trying to you know stay efficient with your your movements. It's rather. Could you know. do it all day? I probably could.
0: Okay, that's sick. But I, but that's it's, something
2: else. But but it, it's still. But like, it's still, I
0: think it's I think it's the beginning of flow.
2: It. I just I get in the zone when I vacuum. Really. I never finish vacuuming and think, man, that was awful. I never want to do that again. I'll say, oh, that was difficult. Or have
0: you vacuumed a lot?
2: Yeah. Because that's sort of my. thing. I've
0: never really had somebody. I mean, everyone that I know that loves vacuuming, they don't have to vacuum a lot.
2: Well, like, keep in mind, small real estate I'm working with. Oh, here. that's true. The little yeah. apartments and stuff. So. Do you do
0: stairs? Do you feel flow when you're vacuuming stairs?
2: All of my stairs have been concrete and outside of my okay, house. Yeah, that's so. Wow,
0: well, that's interesting. Flow on the stairs. That's that's okay. I get it mowing the lawn sometime.
2: You see the whole, like, you're like erasing. Because
0: it's hard and, and you're exerting. Yeah. And you, but, and so I think he's going to actually talk about flow on like a bigger level. With probably like more important things like, you know, life and happiness. Yeah. yeah. Not so much a task, but you could probably turn a task into flow. Hmm. What do you think, Matt?
4: Um, I, yeah, vacuuming. I can believe that. It's, I don't. It's, it's not weird, that you for can me. believe yeah, it. Yeah, I can sure. believe that. A few things, like for flow for me, a few things come to mind. Um, when I did ballet, that was a big thing. Cause it's Why? Super challenging. You're exerting yourself, but I had enough skill level that I knew that if I worked hard enough, yeah. I could master it.
0: Now, do you, you didn't feel flow, I bet, at the beginning of ballet.
4: No. And like the beginning of every year, you know, you'd have your summer yeah. break and the beginning of the year I'd get in there. I'm like, what am I doing? I look
0: yeah, like this yeah. is hard.
4: It was hard. It, I feel clumsy. Is all these things? But.
0: That's a, that's a sign because see, flow doesn't come until you have some skills. Yeah, so you gotta I'd have, have to, some. Yeah, I have you to. You gotta have the some skills. Back up. And
4: I'm sure if I went back and did it now, I wouldn't feel that yeah. either. I've lost all my flexibility. So <laughs> hey, who hasn't? Um, other things, writing papers is a huge one for me. I Do you get into flow? Papers.
0: Do you? Okay, but yeah. see, at the beginning, aren't right, you? See, I don't like it at the beginning, but then I can get like I can get into a flow stream of consciousness
4: as soon as I figure out what my topic is. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty much good to go. Really? Yeah.
0: Really? Because yeah, you're see, good at this.
4: I Yeah. I love writing papers, but it always is a challenge because you never know quite what my professor is like, going to – You don't know you what, don't know what they wants, want. You know, and I don't know. It's usually a new topic that I'm working with, maybe a new citation mm-hmm. format. It's always super interesting and I can just lose time. I just work on it for hours. It's like that's consuming. I have to set aside time too. for my other homework do you to re- write papers.
0: See, that's something – that you that would be flow.
4: Yeah, definitely. And you
0: could do it forever. Oh, Yeah. Could you write papers forever, or at some point, do you want to write something that you really want to write?
4: Um, I usually want to write papers.
0: Really? Yeah. Well, maybe you're in the wrong field.
4: In the wrong field.
0: Well, I guess you're going to write play scripts, right? Screenplays. Oh, screenplays, <laughs> play scripts.
4: Yeah. Well, and that's another. Like when other times I felt flow, um, I made a short docu- documentary. Yeah. Once, um, for a film, local film festival, just for fun, because I wanted to try things out, and it was fantastic. That was kind of like really monumental because I enjoyed it so much and I'd be sitting there on iMovie like
0: but see that had to have been hard
4: yeah it was
0: see I think people mistake they don't want it hard and so if it's good it shouldn't be difficult don't you think like it seems like if you want something really to work and to get into flow it also seems like it's got to be hard
4: yeah otherwise you wouldn't be engaged enough I don't think
0: like, But like you could be forced. I mean I know people that are forced to write papers and it's, they don't get into flow.
4: Oh, definitely not.
0: Because they're begrudgingly doing the paper.
4: Yeah. But on the other hand, if something's too easy, you can – Like, I mean
0: – Yeah. If it's too easy, then it's no longer going to work you. Yeah. You got to be worked. Hmm. My favorite clients are my hardest. Like I had a really hard couple today. Not going to name names. They just sucked the life out of me. Just one little – conversation at a time the and boy at the end boom I felt like I was totally in sync doing what I'm
2: supposed to be doing and I bet easy couples are you know kind of mm-hmm. boring sorry yeah better
0: it's more embassy got to be careful because then I might be just making them easier than they really are right could be this couple was hard and they took every ounce of my skills and my patience oh took every just but you know Boom. I, at the very end, I knew, okay, this is why I'm here.
2: There's a little bit of validation in there, too. Mm-hmm. right? And
0: I don't feel like I was like – I didn't even feel like I was necessarily succeeding because it wasn't going like it normally should go, I well, think.
2: And if they're you know a difficult couple, clearly they yeah. were not fixed at the end of yeah. your no, conversation.
0: No. This will be going for a while. We're doing this one forever.
2: Sooner rather than later, but, yeah. you know.
0: <laughs> but it's interesting. But flow, so – Flow is about then – and again, Chiksen Mihai is his name, and he's, he's been doing this forever. But he, he basically believes – flow is the state of optimal being, okay? So he wrote a book called Flow, the Psychology of Optimal Experience. And I – what we're going to talk about today is how we actually create a life where there's flow, where you are in this state as much as you can be. And how do you create it? We're going to be talking to him, asking him about it. But in the in the model, he gives us a model. Okay, can anyone explain the model? Now this really looks like a chart that
3: only one person could thoroughly explain. Oh, so I we're going to have chart so much. I put it up on my wall a year ago you before knew, I even knew who. You uh, heard of flu flow? You done flu? Well, I read the a year I, ago. I read the chart wrong. I didn't know flow was what I was trying to achieve. So we're trying to achieve flow. The exact opposite of flow would be apathy, apathy. right? Yeah. So if you think about something that isn't challenging and you're not really that good at, yeah, you know. So right now, everybody just think of something that isn't, is challenging, but
0: you're not good at it. Air hockey. Okay. Oh, that was pretty good.
3: You know, that's that's like, like, eh. I'm on board for that. Yeah. So when someone says, hey, let's play air hockey. Oh, no, I lost a ground of air hockey. I you mean, don't even care. Yeah. You're apathetic. Yeah, especially if it's one of the ones where the air hockey, the goal is about uh, two and a half feet wide. Yeah. that You, you sh- have to I mean, get the puck across the thing. Yeah, You've Got a point, you
0: know. Air hockey. Have you got one, Bryce? What's something that just, pff, whatever?
2: Uh, so what's something like air hockey? Um,
0: Just something that challenges you, but... You're not Let's go with
2: board games. It's, oh, yeah. I, I just, yeah. Too many of them are based on yeah. luck and dice rolls. shoots and ladders. Oh, there's a good one. No, There's absolutely no skill in that game. But are they challenging? No. Do? Well, I guess the challenge is how do, I, how do I sit here and not grab these people by their ears and say, this is boring okay. and a waste of my but own what time. what if
0: a really cute girl is on the other side of the chute or the ladder?
2: Now it's become challenging and interesting. See,
0: now you've upped it a bit. Even if your skills are pitiful, you've upped it because it's now interesting.
2: We've brought, Boom! We've brought the, the difficulty and the interest. Okay, so now what plane. is it?
0: So you're not in flow yet on there. Not Let's yet. just say your skills aren't there yet,
2: which they are. Psh, I can dominate at these games. Don't
0: worry. So we have there. we moved? If we've, if okay, it's, it's, so,
3: so the challenge stays easy, yeah. but you, you're getting a little bit better at it. It becomes boring.
5: So, you're okay, not apathetic.
3: Yeah. You, you, you do care enough about it to be paying attention. Shoots and it. ladders is more boring. Well, no, then that's Candyland. Okay. <laughs> Where <at> Candyland, <laughs> there are things you can do like rig the deck so you get the rainbow bridge. Because it's just not challenging. Yeah, because if you don't rig the deck, yeah. or, or, or rig it so you know that the other player is going to be pulling every other card, make sure you put, uh, is it uh, Plumpy or whoever that takes you all the way back to the beginning? You
0: see, this is how out of it I am. I don't even know. No, I don't know either. Oh, don't man. Worry.
3: My childhood was all about rigging the deck until my dad one day said, That's You should let, you let your brother win. And I did. And, and he game? got a taste for it. Yeah. And I've never won anything against him since. <laughs> See. Including law school. He's going to law school and I'm not. Well, you may need him um, to keep rigging stuff. But then at this, the challenge stays low, but your skill gets very advanced. Yeah. It becomes relaxing. So then it's like tennis at a really high level, it's just relaxing. Yeah, if you're good at tennis. Yeah. Um, but if your skill's really low, you probably get anxious having to play tennis. Now, let's go the other way around. Let's go take your skill level back down to zero okay. or very low. But we'll up the challenge. What, what, what are we doing? Which game? Oh, I'm thinking now not a game. I think it's like uh, take somebody on learner's permit and let them loose in Manhattan. Oh, jeez. OK, so that's complex. That's difficult with very bad skills. It turns into worry. Yeah, now they're freaking out. You recognize that you might not be able to do what you want to do and that there's something at risk, but so he, you don't have the skills to be able to do anything about it.
0: So this model is pretty much contingent on one of two variables. Your, the challenge of what you're doing and your skills or your ability to deliver on it. So if you have high challenge and high ability – You You hit flow. You set yourself up for potential flow. And
3: that's where we want to end up.
0: That's cool. But if you have really high – like I had a lady today completely overwhelmed, six kids, blended family, going crazy, can't handle it, can't even find time for her partner, stressed out of her brain. So she's got – she's probably near anxiety, right? So she's got really high complexity challenge and not
3: enough skills maybe to handle it all. Yeah. And so then you have to – and actually that fits with the I think the classic definition of people who suffer from anxiety is because their brain is routing thoughts to places where it shouldn't go, where it yeah. should go to an area of your brain where you can think it through. It instead routes it back to flight or fight. Yeah. It lowers your skill level. You can't handle it, and so then you feel really anxious. Well, and
0: then then you get so bad that she would just give up and not care. Whatever. I don't even care about my family. I can't do it. Well, that's it. abandoning the challenge. So and then, then the challenge
3: drops all the way down to low because mm-hmm. you gave up, and you, you're at apathy.
0: This is cool. So if you're a listener and you're just hanging out there and you're thinking, hmm, yeah, I'm not feeling a lot of flow. I'm not feeling like this optimal experience, this optimal life, then uh, – Maybe what we got to shift is one of two things. We've either got to reevaluate your challenge in life. Like, are we reframing the challenge appropriately? Or or do you have skills in what you need to have skills in? Are you skilled enough to get done what you need to get done? Um, Interesting. We're talking about it, folks. Flow. Are you in flow? Do you feel like you're having an optimal life? Do you feel like you reach the state of flow regularly? We'd love to take your calls on this. Do you have a call or a question? We'd love to hear one eight five five chat BYU one eight five five chat BYU. Any questions about flow or anything for our guest that's coming up? Mihai Sent Mihai will be joining us. The granddaddy we call him of positive psychology. Um, be thinking about it. One eight five five chat BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on BYU Radio.
6: There's a new player in the never-ending race between the influenza virus and vaccine makers. Ready for a shot of science? This
7: is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future.
6: The influenza virus is a master of disguise. Every year, the makers of flu vaccines face the same enemy, but the flu can wear different costumes the vaccine may not recognize. Using traditional methods of incubating a vaccine takes so long that a pandemic can get several months' head start on the vaccine and be half over before the first people line up for their shots. We have to make new vaccines faster than the virus can change its spots. German scientists may have figured out a way to beat the virus at its own costume-changing game. The experimental vaccine breaks a lot of rules. For one, it's not made from purified pieces of the actual flu virus's protein coat incubated in chicken eggs. Instead, it's like a photocopy knockoff of the protein using synthetic messenger RNA. The messenger ribonucleic acid provokes your cells into making some of this knockoff copy protein so your immune system recognizes the enemy flu virus. The new process can make safer, cheaper vaccine months faster than the old method. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino.
7: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us.
2: Take a lesson on parenting from world-traveling family coaches Richard and Linda Iyer.
3: The key, I think, is finding the balance between avoiding that overprotectiveness but never, never being, I guess, what we could call an ostrich parent where you've got your head in the sand.
7: Iyer's on the Road airs weekdays at 6.30 Eastern, only here on BYU Radio.
0: Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Do you ever just feel like you're worried, you're bored, you're anxious, you're just too relaxed? There is possibly an ideal state of uh, for us as humans. The state we're talking about is called flow, and in a minute we're going to be bringing on uh, somebody I truly respect as just a great pioneer in the field of positive psychology is going to be joining us, Mihai Mihai is going to be joining us. And uh, he's the father of the theory of flow, the psychology of optimal experience. So think about it, folks. Do you feel like you've ever been consistently, as consistently as I guess you can be, in a state of optimal living where you feel like your kind of time slows down, you're in sync, you're in groove, you're in this flow? We are going to be talking about it. But before we bring on um, our great expert, we're going to go to our, uh, our second great expert, on the show, our own Bryce Tobin. Bryce, Flow. It's the best thing for you. It's the best thing for you. Bryce just has a few feelings he'd like to share about Flow.
2: Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce is Right. I love it when I get in the zone. It's the point where suddenly all of my actions have a tangible result and each one seems to lead into the other and it's almost like I can't stop myself from moving forward. Feels a lot like, well, you remember when you were in science class talking about motion and things? Then the teacher would ask you to imagine dealing with moving objects in space where there's no resistance. Whatever your object being forced around may be, it will never slow down and it will keep speeding up if you keep pushing it. This is probably the best comparison to how it feels to be in flow or as I called it, being in the zone. It's all about being challenged in just the right way. Story time. So I was at a buddy's house the other night, and he yanked out one of his old video game consoles, and all of us guys decided to play this old game. We'd all played it before, but for me and some others, it had been years since we'd even touched it. We got it all hooked up, connected the controllers, turned it on, and we quickly realized we'd all forgotten a lot more than we thought. I remember sitting on the floor spending hours with these guys playing this and other games. We used to know what we were doing. The game may have started, but it was about 10 minutes before anyone was actually playing something because we were all asking what each button did. Then we started playing and quickly forgot everything we had just reviewed. So there we were, fumbling about in frustrated nostalgia. We're getting picked off and we can't give a rebuttal because we can't figure out how to. I'm walking into walls while looking at my feet. I'm just about at that point where you propose that we stop this and forget it ever happened. And then I see someone coming after me and something happens. It's almost like I stopped thinking. I wasn't in my body making things happen. My fingers remembered exactly what to do. I mean, I still got stomped because my opponent was much better than me, but I still remember what i was supposed to do after the confrontation i don't know what i did i'm not sure how i did it i don't know if i could do it for you again but i was able to get in the zone because i was challenged in just the right way so this brings me to my point why are we trying so hard to make things easier all the time if the key to happiness was easiness then wd-40 would be the key to euphoria and while it can create some joy it's far from being that good and when you think about it it's no wonder we're all unhappy and bored Everything is becoming hands-free, intuitive, user-friendly. Our brains are hardly ever being pushed. Instead, we should try to make things just the right flavor of difficult. Because too hard is bad, we know that. And then a long time ago, we made the assumption that easier is better, which is a solid design choice. But now we've taken that idea too far and decided that easy is best, which is wrong. Without the difficulty, we have nothing to propel us forward. Alright, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome.
0: Well, look at you. It's got to be hard. Is that what you're saying? It, ne- it just needs to be a l- at least a little bit.
2: Just at least a little bit.
0: And you can pick your skills up, but it seems like if you got better at your video game, <laughs> then you would just probably complicate it more and make it harder for yourself.
2: Uh, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Because when you get better, you don't just seem to just kick back and keep hiding behind that one wall shooting that one guy. Yeah, no. You, once you get better, you then like, I'm going to now venture out and I'm going to go steal a tank.
2: You bite off a little bit more and then you bite off a little bit more. See, you
0: keep making it harder, the better you get and And then harder and then better and then harder. Well, what if you just want it easy? What if I just want to stand behind a wall and shoot at
2: people? You know, you can do that and you can probably do that for a long time. But I think you'll get bored. But you will get bored. You'll become apathetic about it.
0: I wonder if, honestly, you can get into flow in video games. I'm sure you can. Oh,
2: I'm sure. I am sure.
0: It almost sounds counterproductive. Maybe. Because you're now transcending. You're creating this transcendic- transcendent experience, but you're on a video game. So it's not really getting you anywhere.
2: But it's one of those, if it's important to you, then there it is.
0: We're going to have to ask the expert. Yeah. Because I guess maybe, I guess it is. It's a state of flow. And then when you're 90, you're the very best at your video game
2: or you just figure out how to learn how to do stuff, how to like deal with problems or you learn about progression or you learn about.
0: See, those are interesting realities of playing video games is that they do learn problem solving, progressive behavior and growth, growth. Interesting. So they're just not it's just not a vegetable making machine like my mom says. Well, I mean... They, My mom said, if you play those video games, your head's going to
2: turn to mush. Which they said about the TV in the 50s. And I'm not saying they were wrong. Mm-hmm. They said about the toaster in the 30s. Oh, man. <laughs> don't go near
0: the toaster. You'll turn your head to mush.
2: But, I mean, you know, we all our lives are better with the toaster, okay? Well, yeah. I but, don't know if our lives are better with the TV, but our lives certainly aren't that much worse. Well, it
0: TV. changed things. <laughs> it's, it comes and goes. It gave us something to do. So, um... You, again, then, you're a proponent, you're an advocate for making things complicated. Just complicated
2: enough. Oh, see, you're we got to find, we, yeah, of course, I'm picky. You don't uh, want it super complicated. No, you need, to, you need to find the sweet spot. It needs to be just difficult enough to keep it interesting. But, like, just going for easy, that's a terrible way. Like, there's a phone that came out recently that if you look away from it, it'll pause your video.
0: <laughs> like, we're too lazy to pause our own video. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I think know. that's actually going to cause problems.
2: It is. It is causing problems across the board. Because now no I'm having
0: it. to constantly start my thing. Yeah.
2: Or and it's just, if you're just looking at it and you wander off and you look away, it'll pause. No, I wanted to keep going. I wasn't looking at something else. Yeah. Anyway, I, too easy.
0: No, it's got to understand that I'm a little ADD and I don't focus well.
2: It doesn't have an ADD, you know, yeah. setting. See, that's going to cause problems.
0: Well, I appreciate it, Bryce. Great job. We're going to be uh, taking a break, and when we come back, we're bringing on the the guru, okay? Now, he'll, he'll hate to be called that, I'm sure, but he is the co-founder of the International Positive Psychology Movement. Dr. Mihai Csikszentmihalyi is going to be joining us. He's going to teach us about flow, how to create an optimal life, an, a life that you feel this optimal experience taking place, how to do it more consistently. We're also going to ask him, do you just happen upon flow? Or do you create it in our lives? Is this just something we happen when we find it once in a while? Or can you create a life filled with flow? We'll be talking to the expert right after this. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM
7: 143 BYU Radio. BYU Radio is the home of the Cougars. Rise up and become a corporate sponsor today. For more information, call 801-422-1448 or email support at byu.edu.
1: Good afternoon. I'm Katie Jarvis with BYU Radio News. Authorities say that New York City police have arrested 19 people in the city's largest guns bust ever. Police recovered 245 firearms. The 10-month investigation that led up to the arrest started when police saw pictures on Instagram and learned that gun sales were taking place in a recording studio in Brooklyn. The guns were brought to the city from North and South Carolina by traffickers traveling on buses. And the man who abducted the 16-year-old California girl and killed her mother and younger brother named her family member as the beneficiary of his life insurance. He left over $100,000 to Hannah Anderson's paternal grandmother. Authorities say they don't know why he did this, but they believe it was part of his obsession. Authorities say a limousine fire that killed five nurses trapped in the back was sparked by a mechanical problem. The blaze broke out on a San Francisco Bay Bridge earlier this year because of failure of the rear suspension system. They say no charges will be filed. The limo operator is being fined $1,500, though, for having more passengers than allowed. And health officials say Lyme disease is about 10 times more common than previously reported in medical documents. As many as 300,000 Americans are actually diagnosed with Lyme disease each year. It's caused by a bacteria transmitted through the bites of infected ticks and insects. In world news, a mob in eastern India formed after a fast-moving train ran over a group of Hindu pilgrims. They were crossing the train tracks earlier today. At least 37 people were killed. The mob pulled the driver from the train and severely beat him, and then they set fire to several of the coaches. And parts of the Philippine capital are waist-deep in flood rot- water after torrential rains. Outside of Manila, thousands of people across the coastal and mountainous northern regions have fled to emergency shelters. At least two deaths have been reported, and there are reports of many people being trapped on rooftops. And that's the news. This is BYU Radio. I'm Katie Jarvis.
2: Where can they find it? They can find it on Twitter at BYU Radio. Scroll oh, through there you find that. I love it. Looking for more BYU Radio? Then follow us on Twitter for behind-the-scenes looks into our studio, updates on our shows, exciting announcements, and constant discussion of Cougar sports. Plus, you can connect with our show hosts and guests. Just follow BYU Radio on Twitter and join the conversation. Talk about good.
4: Are you listening to one of our talk shows? Do you have something you want to say? Then call in and talk with our hosts. The number is 855 Chat BYU. That's 855 242 8298.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we're talking about this concept called flow, okay? Flow, also known as optimal experience, you know, this transcendent state of being that we're in. And I don't want it to sound too heady, but, you know, academics are going to give it a really cool name like that. It could be being in sync. It could be in the groove, but it's not just kind of just one situation. The, The bigger, I think, picture is being able to take our life and place it in this state of flow. So sometimes think about it. Have you ever just spent weeks in a a state of apathy or hours even, maybe a weekend? Like yesterday, I was two days ago, I had a head cold. Actually, I guess it started Friday and it was bad. Like uh, my head was like, ow, this hurts. (laughs) This hurts bad. And um, physically I wasn't feeling well. And so I just kind of I went to work and I just disconnected after work on Friday. Boom. Then, in fact, I even canceled appointments because I just wasn't feeling well. Then Saturday, I have a radio show I didn't do. Didn't do it. And had to teach a workshop. And I just vegged all day. Now, I was probably in this state of vegging because physically my brain wasn't working because I think there was sinus pressure. Squishing my brain. Now, I'm not a neurologist, but I'm pretty sure it was sinus pressure. And, um, then, uh, Sunday vegged all day. Veg, veg, didn't even go to church. Sinner. Call me sinner. I'm a sinner, but my head hurt. And so I sat there and I, and I thought back for three days, I've been in this state of like not caring, true apathy. I believe it was brought on by a little physical ailment, right? Then I thought back, you know, I've had that state before. <laughs> And then I realize I get in that state about four times a year where I just take a three-day vacation. But it's usually a, a sickness like that. I get sick like that. Do any of us just get like totally apathetic and we're just done? I'm just done with life. It's too hard. It's too complicated. I don't care. You ever felt like that? Well, long term, that's not going to serve us. Um, nor is just a continual state of partying and having fun. I mean, that's just overly relaxing. At some point, you've also got to accomplish something, right? There's also a point where we just have intense anxiety. So if we had to choose those three, okay, anxiety, apathy, or relaxation, is one of them healthier than the other? Hmm. I don't know. Well, our guest, and we're trying to get him on the phone, so don't think we're just leading you on. We're trying to get him on the phone, but he is a, hes a guru – and maybe that's why it's harder to get on the phone. His name is Mihai. Csikszentmihalyi Mihai is his name. He's that's a Hungarian name. I believe it actually means Michael, Little Saint Michael. But uh, this incredible man, um, back during World War II, was just a young man, a young boy, eight or nine, ten years old, I think, and he got to experience and see the war in action. So imagine being an eight-year-old during the war, World War II, and he's. He's just seeing the poverty, he's seeing the, the pain that people are going through, and it, it engaged in him this idea of happiness and what drives people to be happy. And so from that, he kind of just grew up with that question in mind. And post-war era, he started noticing that after the war, things people seemed happier and life seemingly got better, and we everyone had a little more money and a few more things to throw around, but in the end... He's not sure that people were necessarily happier. So over time, he he really – he he, get, he started getting more intrigued by this. And then he tells a story just while we're trying to get him on the line. He tells the story of how he was uh, in Switzerland at a ski resort just as the snow was all melting. So there wasn't a lot you could do. He didn't have money. He was probably a young, probably almost college-age student probably. Couldn't find – Um, how to, you know, what's he going to do? You can't go ski. And he couldn't afford to go to the movies. So he just happened to see that some guy was coming in to speak about psychology or something. Do you remember what it was about, Mary? It
4: was actually about aliens, about UFO sightings.
0: UFO sightings. Yeah. And it was about how the Europeans, the increase of UFO sightings had gone up post-war.
4: Yeah. So basically what the speaker was saying was that, not, he wasn't really talking about Little Green Men, yeah. and which might have been the draw sure. initially. Yeah. But he, he just he thought it was good about, advertising. Yeah, he talked about how people were trying to kind of fill that void. He talked about the psychology that people had so much loss during the war that they're trying to, you know, reach out and yeah. see something beyond. And um, it kind of just introduced the idea of psychology to Chick Samihi.
0: Yeah. And by the way, who's this guy? So he's sitting there. This is fascinating. And if you haven't, if you want to see, if, you got to go look up a TED Talk. So TED Talks are these great talks from academics and other people that just, they're wonderful. So just go look up TED.com. And then I don't know how you're going to figure out how to say his name, but it's M-I-H-A-L-Y.
4: If you Google that, the rest will come. Yeah, it'll all
0: happen. So he's sitting there listening to some guy supposedly talking about Martians, when in reality the topic wasn't even about Martians. And the person he's listening to was...
4: Carl Jung, Carl Jung, yeah.
0: the pioneer granddaddy of our current psychological <laughs> <He> man, <yeah. laughs> movement. So the guy that "Chick Set Me High" is sitting there listening to is the granddaddy of the the traditional psychological movement, yeah. movement of theories and studies of psychology. Brilliant!
4: It's huge. <laughs> Amazing.
0: So it it's and it sparked him right, and then mm-hmm. he left uh, Switzerland.
4: Uh, Well, he's traveling all through Europe while he grew up, but he left Europe at age 22 to go to an American university to study psychology, and that landed him in Chicago, and he studied at University of Chicago until he had his doctorate.
0: Got his doctorate in Chicago, but started, by the way, always studying this happiness idea. Mm -hmm. So what is the deal? What's the key to making people happy? And it it led him into a really profound area because one of the things that... That Chick Sent Me High is most kind of noted for now is the beginning of a new movement um, that's called positive psychology. So, traditionally, Jung included, what we studied were kind of abnormal psychology, behavioral, kind of traditional psychological issues where people that weren't doing well, we'd go study the abnormal.
4: The, the things that were wrong with yeah. us. And yeah. we
0: figure so we were trying to figure out what makes someone healthy by figuring out what makes us, what's wrong with us. Mm hmm. So it's kind of a backwards way of trying to identify how to fix something. And Jung, or Me High, uh, along with some others, Marty Seligman was another one who is another co-founder of this movement of positive psychology, started asking, why are we studying broken people? Like, why, why do we study the abnormal behavior of people? Why don't we go find a bunch of people that claim to be really happy and go figure out why?
4: Yeah, let's see what people are doing right.
0: Boy, weird. Yeah. I Weird, <laughs> it really is. But so maybe it's one of those things where you just can't study. You need to study enough abnormal and get into the abnormal psychology enough to know, to have the drive to go just study healthy people.
4: Yeah, definitely. Because I
0: mean, most of us try to fix our problems the exact same way. When we try to address a problem, we seem to address it where we're broken. Like ah, this doesn't work, and I'm not happy, and I'm always miserable. And well, great. Uh, so the whole movement of positive psychology is more like great. So when you are happiest what are you doing and those very questions will start to find some new solutions so that's where flow came from and flow was basically mihai chick sent mihai's question do people feel optimal by accident or are there certain conditions that we can create this optimal flow so first let's get mihai's definition down
4: Yeah. So this is a quote from Csikszentmihalyi, and he he talks – this is how you feel when you're in flow. He says, being completely involved in an activity for its own sake. The ego falls away. Time flies. Every action, movement, and thought follows inevitably from the previous one, like playing jazz. Yeah. Your whole being is involved, and you're using your skills to the utmost. So it's being not only just mindfully engaged, physically engaged. You're using everything you can and – and by using everything you can, you're just you're kind of achieving this optimal experience. You're doing the your very best.
0: No. I, OK, so that's huge. And that's actually if you notice, he, he equated it to playing jazz. It's this space where um, it's a creative space. Mm-hmm. It's this uh, it's kind of a reflective space where you're. You're, you're you're a participant in it, but you don't own it. You don't just control it. You're able to adapt to what's happening in the space. So you're, there's always a little tension. I mean, in jazz kind of music is a, is a great example of that. There's always just a little bit of tension to know what's going to happen next. There's always a
4: challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And if you've ever watched jazz musicians play, it's like one of the most fascinating yeah. things. I mean – it's, they have to be completely in the moment to, in order to communicate with each other. And so you look at you the bassist is looking across at the pianist and they kind of look yeah. at each other and they know where the other person is going.
0: That's huge. It,
4: it's, yeah, it's fascinating. That's a great example of flow, definitely. Yeah. Well, I
0: mean, and, and so but some of you are out there sitting there thinking, oh, well, that would be great. But, you know, I've got to put food on the table. And, okay, so great. So when you approach it and what he found out is – you don't just have to happen into flow. There are certain conditions that you can create and when you create these conditions, your life can turn and you can start being in a state of flow. Yeah. But you have to you have to recognize the conditions. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to be talking about on the show. Whether Chick Sent Me High can show up or not, we're going to be talking about it on the show. So Let's take a break. Um, we're gonna take a break, and we're gonna come back, and we're gonna you're we're gonna have Chick sent me high with us live in person, or we're gonna maybe hear from him a little bit uh, on his TED talk. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show. Again, if you have questions about your own life, how you can get into flow, how you can feel this great sense of uh, purpose where you feel totally united in something and what you're doing, if you're already doing it and succeeding, I'd love to hear from you. One eight five five chat BYU. If you also would like some help in helping us get into your world and help you create flow, give us a call. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. We're taking your calls. We're talking about optimal living, optimal life. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio.
6: The latest new invention down on the farm is self-eating chickens. We'll give you the straight poop on how it works.
7: This is Innovation Now. Bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future.
6: Tria Systems is a small company with a big idea for poultry farmers. Farm-raised chickens are raised in large barns which need expensive heating in cold weather, usually from bottled gas. Tria System uses the chickens' own waste products to generate most of the heat required. When you raise a lot of chickens, they generate a lot of waste, which is usually stored in some kind of shed for processing. The natural breakdown process of this waste works like a compost pile, generating heat well over 100 degrees. Tria Systems captures this naturally occurring heat using recirculating fluid and underground pipes. The warmed fluid runs to heat exchangers in the chicken coops and back out to the waste storage unit. Combined with solar thermal collectors on the barn roof, the poultry operation can be self-heating all winter long without any additional heat source, except the chickens themselves. The waste eventually winds up as fertilizer for crops, some of which may end up as chicken feed again. Such cogeneration projects are models for more sustainable agricultural operations down the road or across it. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino.
7: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA. Visit us online at innovationnow.us.
0: On Talkworthy, host Kim Power Stilson chats with experts about topics of interest. And it seems like everyone learns
4: something new. Yeah, and I think that was interesting, too, because there are some, there were some courses in Scotland
1: when I visited that did not allow women golfers, but not no longer.
8: Really? Yeah. See, I came down to the show to learn more about it than you did.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Talkworthy airs weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern
0: here on BYU Radio. Talk about good.
7: Coming soon to BYU Radio, the Appleseed, tellers and stories.
2: Are there any shows you missed, want to listen to again, or share with a friend?
7: Then check out our BYU Radio YouTube channel for episodes of all your favorite shows. And don't forget to subscribe.
2: Can't
6: get enough BYU Radio? Then follow us on Twitter, at BYU Radio. Stay up to date with our programming, guests, shows, sports, and more. BYU Radio, follow us and talk about good.
4: On the Tantara Hour, Ron Simpson shares with us the music that is important to him.
7: How about songs that stop my life for at least an hour? I've got a lot of them from vastly different time periods and situations in my life.
4: The Tantara Hour on BYU Radio.
0: Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend show. Today we are talking about creating an optimal life, a state of being that uh positive psychologist Mihai Csikszentmihalyi Mihai calls um flow. Flow is this when you're involved in this activity that you love being involved in. The activity alone is wonderful. Your ego kind of sloughs away, time flies by, your action, your movement, everything kind of seems to slow down a bit. And um, you just get in this groove of life. And the research about that, uh, you know, he calls it flow, but he has an interesting experience and kind of uh, history to where the concept of flow came from. It did come from some of the Greeks and some of the Greek language. So let's listen to me high and his talk from
9: TED Talks as he explains this state of being.
5: Now ecstasy in Greek meant simply to stand to the side of something and then it became um, essentially an analogy for a mental state where you feel that you are not doing your ordinary everyday routines. So ecstasy is essentially a stepping into an alternative uh, uh, reality. And it's interesting if you think about it how when we think about the civilizations that we look up to as having been pinnacles of human achievement, whether it's China, Greece, Hindu civilization, or the Mayas, or Egyptians, what we know about them is really about their ecstasies, not about their everyday life. We know the temples they built so where people could come to experience a different reality we know about the circuses, the arenas, sports arenas, the theaters. These are the uh, remains of civilizations, and they are the places that people went to experience life in a more concentrated, more uh, ordered uh, form. Now, this man doesn't need to go... To a place like this, which is also, this place, uh, this arena, which is built like a Greek amphitheater, is a place for ecstasy also. We are participating in a reality which is different from that of everyday life that we're used to. But this man doesn't need to go to there. He needs just a piece of paper where he can put down...
0: So one of the things that high is talking about... Which is fascinating um, when it comes back to your life. As we go back in history and we look at the Greeks and we look at the Romans and you look at um, the Mayans and all of these people, all that we have left to figure out where these people were in flow were all of the great kind of accomplishments, the pyramids, the um, the great amphitheaters, you know the great um, the great sources and sites, you know think about it think about what the greeks were known for their roads and their their travel and their colosseums and i mean the romans and so One of the things he's alluding to is as as a civilization, what we tend to hold up is this state of flow. And think about it in our own world today. We look at somebody like a Michael Jordan and a LeBron James and these guys as the ones that are in flow. Yeah, I mean, Michael Jordan, the whole court slows down for him. LeBron James, the whole court would slow down for these guys. Peyton Manning it would slow down and he could just throw that ball the reality is, um, and we notice, we revere people for that. We revere the, the Oprahs and all of these people who seemingly have a life so in flow where their talents and their, their abilities are, are used. We make coliseums for these. Now, the research from Csikszentmihalyi, though, shows it doesn't just have to be. Flow is not just for our top athletes. Flow is not just for the greatest singers and the greatest performers. Flow is for everybody. Every one of us could feel a state of flow with our own family, with our own friends. And so that is one of the reasons I really wanted to talk about this on the show. Think of your life. Do you sit there and envy that exciting, wonderful feeling that all of these stars must have to go be so adored and appreciated for using their crafts and their abilities. Because if you do, what you're really probably after is their ability to get to flow. You're not just, and you might even be grudgingly, by the way, not liking your own life, which seems so boring in comparison to their life of flow. But I'm here to tell you, and based on his research, you too can get into flow. And this is how he did it. What he did is he, he basically would put a pager... On about 10,000 people over time. Okay, they would carry their pager out, I believe is how the study was done. Each one of them would then carry their own uh, little workbook and a a questionnaire, basically. And every time their pager would go off, the person would have to stop what they were doing and answer the questions based on what they were doing. So the pages would go off randomly and then basically they would fill out to identify if while the when the pager went off what they were doing and um chick sent me high could identify if they were getting if this was somebody that was in flow or were they more in apathy or were they more into boredom or were they more into relaxation. And what he found out after years and years and years of studying this is that the people that were in flow basically had two distinctively different Things happening than those that were in any of those other states. The first thing he found is those people were being challenged. They actually felt challenged by what they were doing in the moment. The next thing they found out is that the people had the skills to handle the challenge. So check this out, according to his research. It's not not being challenged in life. The people that were most in flow were those that were being challenged and had the tools to deliver on the challenge. That is what creates the state of optimal being. And we talked about it a little bit in the first break, in the first section of the show today, this idea of um, when you have apathy and you're just totally apathetic to life— you probably don't have a life that's challenging, number one, or it's so challenging to you and you have no skills to deal with the level of challenge, you've probably given up on it. So you feel apathy. What Chick Sent is teaching us, though, is if we want to truly progress, we have to be pushing towards flow, meaning we have to have a bunch of criteria that can help us make something that's challenging a little easier. And be tested. So think about that. Think about Oprah Winfrey for years trying to put on a radio show or a television show, and trying to keep it, you know, germane and and to the point and still hip enough and exciting and interesting. No matter how great she got at it, she'd have to pick up her game. So she tried new things. Remember, she'd get into making movies. She'd get into even politics, maybe, or other movements or opening schools in Africa. She stretched her abilities which kept increasing her likelihood and ability to be challenged. She also improved her skills. That's the same thing we need to be doing. We need to be, just as an average mom out there, an average dad, an average employee, is making sure that we're not running away from our challenge, that we're trying to actually set some goals around it. So in all of his research, he found about 10 points that are all critical to the success of – of us getting to flow. So we're going to go through some of those as we as we get into this. We'd love to hear from you 1855 chat BYU. 1855 chat BYU. And I'd love to have any questions you have about how to get uh how to get into flow, how to create this, this more optimal life. Love to hear some of the scenarios you're facing in your own world and see if we can't apply this concept of flow uh, more appropriately to your life. Maybe take some of the lessons that Chick High has taught us and bring them into your life. So give us a call, one eight five five 855 chat byu Again, anybody that calls in and gets in on the line will be giving them a book from one of our past guests. We have a bunch of them to give away, so we'd love to hear from you um, so we can give you one of these books. One, 855-CHAT-BYU. Now, let's just go through some of the, the, the key things he found of, uh, in, in his data. One thing that he found about all of these people that were feeling like they were in flow, number one, they had clear goals that while they were challenging, they were still attainable. So one key to having an optimal life and having the sense of flow is you have to have a goal that challenges you. And it's realistic and attainable. If you don't have an attainable goal, you're probably going to be um, overwhelmed. I want to go to the moon. That's what I want to do. Or I want my children to be raised perfect. I want perfect children. That may not be, by the way, great goal. It's super challenging. Just maybe not attainable. And one of the problems is when you have a goal that is challenging but isn't actually doable, you set yourself up to not be skilled enough to make it happen. The minute you're not skilled enough to make a challenge happen, you're going to fall into apathy or boredom or worry. So do you have clear goals? Ask that about your life. Do you have clear goals that challenge you and are also attainable? Second thing he found is that these people would have a very strong, concerted focus and attention on their goal. They would be focused on their goal to make their one thing that is attainable, that's hard to do, happen. So when I ask people in my workshops, give me an example of where you felt most in flow. So many of them actually turn to a few things like um, having a baby, uh, going to school and getting a degree. I hear that a lot. Um, Finishing a program. Uh, I've talked to some uh, truck drivers recently who when they were going through their driving program to learn how to, to drive the truck and learn everything they needed legally to do it appropriately, they felt like they were in flow, their talents were being used, everything was exciting. Then they get out on the road and they just are, blah, I'm so sick of this job. It's so it's so not fun anymore. It's, and a lot of their goals have passed and, and are no longer there. But while they were challenged in this desire to get this certificate or to get this degree or to have this child, they felt flow. One of the reasons they felt flow is because it was challenging, it was attainable, people can get this job done, and um, then they have the strong concentration and they're focused on that goal. A lot of times when we lose flow is when we've actually obtained a goal and we now move on. So when you've graduated and you move on and you now, now you don't have an obvious goal, um, a lot of times that's when we start to lose our sense of flow is what Chick High would teach us. If we want to stay in flow, we have to somehow change the goals. And keep moving the bar a little bit, and now maybe it's now maybe it's now getting a great job and getting a great job at such and such an income that's realistic, and being prepared to go get another degree if we need it, or um, or to find a, a more interesting, you know, intrinsically valuable or rewarding goal. We're going to talk about it. We're taking a break again. We want to hear from you. Do you have some questions about how you could create flow in your life? Do you have some specific conditions that you're struggling with getting to flow? Give us a call one eight five five chat BYU one eight five five chat you're listening to the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio Sirius XM 143
7: KBYU FM HD2 Provo I think that we need to draw these connections every single day
4: get your day started off on the right foot the morning show with Marcus Smith weekdays on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio
0: talk about good
1: Good afternoon. I'm Katie Jarvis with BYU Radio News. Idaho authorities are letting more residents back into their homes that were once considered threatened by the wildfire burning near Sun Valley. The county sheriff said today that evacuees could return to another 150 homes. And earlier, they had ended a mandatory evacuation for another 100 homes. Authorities say that New York City police have arrested 19 people in the city's largest guns bust ever. Police recovered 254 firearms. The 10 month investigation that led up to the arrest started when police Police learned that gun sales were happening in a recording studio in Brooklyn. Hawaii authorities say the second shark attack in the state in less than a week has left a 16-year-old surfer with leg injuries. They say that he suffered injuries on both his legs after he was bitten yesterday by a shark. Earlier this week, a shark bit off the arm of a 20-year-old German tourist who was snorkeling in Maui. Health officials say Lyme disease is about 10 times more common than previously reported. As many as 300,000 Americans are actually diagnosed with Lyme disease each year. Lyme disease is caused by bacteria transmitted through the bites of infected ticks and insects. In world in world news, a mob in eastern India formed after a fast-moving train ran over a group of Hindu pilgrims. Earlier today, a group of... Hundreds of people were crossing train tracks at a crowded station, and at least 37 people were killed. The mob pulled the driver from the train and severely beat him, as well as set fire to a couple of the coaches. And in parts of the Philippine capital, their streets are waist-deep in floodwater. Outside Manila, thousands of people are fleeing to emergency shelters. At least two deaths have been reported so far, and other reports show that residents are trapped on rooftops. Security forces in Egypt say suspected Islamist militants have shot and killed 25 off-duty policemen. They ambushed two minibuses carrying the officers in Egypt's Sinai Peninsula. The killings came just a day after security forces killed 36 detainees during a riot on a truck convoy headed to a prison north of Cairo. And that's the news. This is BYU Radio. I'm Katie Jarvis.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, Today we're talking flow. You ever been in flow, this state of psych- psychology, this state of mental focus where, you know what, life seems to slow down a bit and you are just in the groove. You, uh, you feel like you're totally present. Your, your, uh, your ego's not engaged. You're open to growing and changing. And, uh, you feel like you're just totally where you're supposed to be in a situation. It could happen at work. It could be this, uh, the sense of peace that you have—that kind of comes over you. You're no longer self-conscious. You you don't care how you look when you're doing it. Uh, flow is is the it's a it's a theory put together by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, Mihai, uh, who's a PhD professor. He's the founder of the International Positive Psychology Movement, along with Dr. Martin Seligman. The two of them have kind of taken on a new desire, a new goal in psychology to not just explore abnormal behavior, but maybe more importantly, start to better define what healthy looks like, which is the goal of positive psychology. In that, he put together a really powerful uh, example of, of flow. And again, what we were talking about earlier is he he very he basically just studied people, would hook a pager on them, let them carry the pager around. When the pager went off, he would measure what they were feeling at various stages of their day in life. And he found that certain people were in this stage of flow. Flow, remember, he calls being completely involved in an activity for its own sake, where the ego falls away, time flies, every action, movement, and thought follows inevitably from the previous one, like playing jazz. It's where your whole being is involved and you're using your skills to the utmost, okay? That's such a powerful state. What he found is of the people that um, he would find in flow, there was one group of people of all of the people that he studied that tend to be most apt and able to be in flow. And to me, this is so critical, um, because it, it, it gives hope, I think, to the rest of us, okay? Of all the people he studied in flow, one of the groups that he found to be most apt and able to be in flow were a group from Milan, Italy, of paraplegics who, um, obviously, as a paraplegic, Probably didn't want to be there. And he studied this group of paraplegics and found out that for some reason, this group had the ability to get into this state, kind of like the jazz musician, of being present in every action, movement and thought and stay in this state of flow. And um, there's probably some very interesting reasons why. One reason this group was so able to do it is because they were challenged. So one of the neat things I've learned just in kind of working with people about flow and on the subject of flow is you may not want the challenge you've been presented with. And actually think of it. Some of you didn't want a partner to die. Some of you didn't want to lose your job. You know, this happens. Challenges in life. The research actually shows it doesn't quite matter if you wanted it or not. The, the people that were paraplegics obviously didn't want to break their back or, ha- or to lose their ability to walk. But they were challenged, and these people had some ability to actually turn the challenge into something that they they, they used to their benefit. The goal was still attainable. Their goals uh, may not have simply been um, to walk again. The goal of the paraplegic may have just been to be healthy enough to be self-sufficient. And by creating an attainable goal, you set yourself up to start having um, – Optimal experience, optimal life. The other benefit that they found with these the the paraplegics in Milan, Italy, is that they had a, a strong concentration and focused attention. For a certain period of time, these people had nothing else to do but to go get their lives back. They would go and be in the hospital. They'd go to their physical therapist. And in Milan, Italy, the government would take care and find a way to help prepare you so you could get through this. And they'd cover a lot of your expenses. So they could focus, kind of singly focus on their problem. Um, another key that he found in flow is the activities that we're doing have to be intrinsically rewarding. So, not extrinsically per se, intrinsically, meaning it's got to somehow connect with your heart. So, if what you're doing is music and enjoying jazz, it's a very intrinsic reward. If what you're doing is serving children, not to get a check, but you're working with as a school teacher and you, you actually get into the intrinsic rewards of being a school teacher, you're somebody that's more likely to get into flow. He found also that these people had feelings of serenity and a loss of feelings of self-consciousness. They were actually less – they were at peace, but they also felt less self-conscious. They were no longer worried about how they were being presented. They didn't care how they looked in therapy trying to learn to to heal and to get better. So ask yourself, are you somebody that is – are you creating these conditions in your life? Are you so worried – about failing, for example, that you never risk singing in front of your friends. Have you ever had the open mic night where you just really wanted to go to open mic and sing at some bar on open night and you really wanted to, and you know you're good and your friends tell you you're good, but you never dared to do it because of the fear. So you held back. And instead of holding back, you might not ever feel that great benefit of flow. Um, These people, another key part of uh, flow is that they get um, a sense of timelessness. So you've had it. Have you ever had the experience? Because think honestly. Have you ever had the experience where time just seemed to pass in a healthy way? Not like you were like in a drunk stupor on your steps. uh, Time seemed to pass where you were with your grandchildren, playing with them, and you spent all day with them and it just went so fast. You were so focused, you were so present, but you lost track of time. If you've ever done that, that is an example of flow. And if I were you, I'd go back and I'd make a mental note for what you were doing when that happened. Because whatever you were doing, you probably could recreate it. There's something, if you lose time when you're with your grandkids and time seems to fly by, I mean, I know sometimes when I used to tend to other people's children, time went so slow. It like never passed. (laughs) Tick, tick. Um, One sign that you're in flow is your life tends to go timeless, a distorted sense of time. So think about that. Those might be a pretty good indicator of when you felt that. It could be caught up in music. It could be caught up in a great book. It could be um, something where you're serving a bunch of people or where you're exercising your talents or your gifts. Another interesting thing that he found uh, that is fascinating to me is there's a sense of immediate feedback and immediate feedback um, is something a lot of us don't get in our relationships. So sometimes maybe flow we don't get, but flow is this sense that actually imagine if you're singing in front of a group of people that you're getting feedback from them that they like it, or you're getting feedback from them like in a jazz performance where you're gonna they're gonna about they're about to try something different and they're gonna throw in a little riff or a, a different loop and you're gonna have to deal with it. That feedback is a really powerful tool to keep us present. So be asking yourself, do you experience some of these things in your life? And where do you feel these, this experience of flow the most? Do you feel it in um, your relationships? Because I think relationships would be a great space where we could probably create a lot more flow in our lives. I always teach that there's there's three basic keys to creating flow. Number one, you got to have an interesting challenge. Number two... It, you got to have a reasonable plan. you got to have a plan that's productive enough that it's going to get results. It's reasonable. It's doable. Okay? And um, the third thing is you've got to have focused action. What I find is I sit down with people. They come to me with an interesting challenge. Some, by the way, just come to me with a challenge. They don't find it interesting. My husband's a jerk, and I'm sick of him. My wife never touches me. She doesn't care. Um, interesting challenge, I always say. Wow, that's an interesting challenge. Sounds like you want your wife to touch you more. That's interesting. Uh, By the way, if they don't find it interesting, like if they're sick of it, predict what they'll do with it. What do people do with a challenge they're sick of? They give up on it, which leads us back to our little grid that we were talking about earlier in the show, which makes us get more anxious, which makes us get more frustrated or exhausted or worried. Do you have an interesting challenge? Do you have a plan The number one thing I found when people come and sit down with me, they bring in these marriage problems and they're they are so frustrated. And one of the things I see is as I start to teach them that what they're going through is fairly normal. So being mad and upset is normal. And then I start to show them that there are solutions. By the way, when they see a solution and they start to actually feel that the solution can work, they start to have hope. And that hope, is the beginning. By the way, the hope to me is what flow is. Flow is the sense that, you know what, we can do something about this. And once you start to create some of that, it's powerful. It's so powerful. Um, I'd love to hear some questions from you. one chat byu Where do you need some help? The lines are open. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. Give us a call And uh, we're going to take some time uh, now and throughout the end of the show to answer your questions. We're also giving away some books from some of the past authors that have been on the show. Great tools, gifts to you for calling in and asking your questions. Where do you struggle uh, in trying to find some hope? What questions do you have about your own relationships, about life? uh, What's a goal you've been trying to get off the ground and you just keep struggling with where you might be losing a little bit of uh, flow? Would love to hear from you. One eight five five chat BYU. So as we kind of wrap up this idea of flow with Mihai, Chick sent Mihai. Um, one of the great things, I guess, I would I would have you do for homework: go look up the TED Talk and sit down and just spend about twenty minutes. It's a twenty-minute talk, and if you look up, just look up the words "flow," and that'll probably get you flow and TED Talk, and that's probably all you need to get there. Um, You're going to get into and get a chance to see a master uh, of positive psychology. Um, Again, it's too easy in our lives to focus on everything that doesn't work. So if you're bogged down right now and you're exhausted and you can't figure out how to get ahead in your life and there's just too much going on, that can wear out anybody, right? So um, one of the keys to positive psychology is maybe don't go – to right now where it's broken, ask yourself a couple questions. What did it used to look like when it was healthier, when you felt like you were on top of your game? Go back to that. What what was going on back, and you'll all have an experience. Oh, when I was in high school and this was going on, that was the greatest time. Go back to that time where life was good, where you were actually ahead of the game. Don't assume that back then the big key was just that you had money. Because the research doesn't bear out that having a whole lot of money actually makes you a whole lot happier. Um, having a little bit more money than you know the average person needs is pretty healthy and, and makes you feel good. But having a ton of money doesn't actually bear out that you'll feel that much better. So go back to where you used to feel pretty good. What was it that you used to do back in high school? How was it that you used to act? What were the things you were doing? Were you more physically active? Did you... Um, Did you, were you more hardworking? Were you more studious? Were you more, what were you doing differently back then? So you can always go to your past to find some really good solutions. Another really powerful place you can always go to find some positive solutions to create flow in your life is to imagine if it was all fixed and perfect in your life, what would you be doing that would show you you're healthy again? So if you're down in a funk right now and you're exhausted and tired, If I had a magic wand, sprinkled dust all over you, and you're now doing great, what would you be doing different day in and day out? How would you wake up differently? How would you go to bed differently? What would you be doing? What would your evenings look like? If you were a perfect 10, what would that look like in the future? And I'll bet you bucks there's some really cool solutions in there. Would you have your family around you more? Would you be more positive? What would you be? We're going to take a break, and you be thinking about those two questions. What did it used to look like in the past, and what's it going to look like in the future? We're going to come back and take your phone calls. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
6: This spacecraft has the biggest, most powerful engine ever, the sun. All aboard the Sun Jammer. This
7: is Innovation Now. Bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future.
6: It started out as science fiction. Spacecraft powered not with rockets, but by reflected sunlight. That was 1964, when Arthur C. Clarke wrote a story called Sunjammer. Now, Clarke's story is actual hardware preparing for a NASA technology demonstration mission into space. NASA's 70 pound test craft is scheduled to hitch a ride to Earth orbit in 2014 unfurling from a dishwasher-sized package into 13,000 square feet of reflective sail, the biggest sail so far, yet weighing 10 times less than previous sails. A solar sail is a big mirror made as thin, light, and large as possible to catch solar wind. The thrust of the sunjammer only equals the weight of a sugar packet in your hand. But over time in space, that feeble push can build up to interplanetary cruising speeds using no onboard fuel. This slow but steady kind of transportation is ideal for robotic probes or cargo ships. Angling the sail lets you steer toward the sun or at angles to it. It might even be used to keep satellites in a stable parking spot in space. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino.
7: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us.
2: Listen to notes from the Kennedy Center for insights from scholars, diplomats, and world leaders.
6: I found that if we get together, if we share our strengths, if we pool our knowledge, if we get a very clear, simple focus and try to do something quite simple, that even those few simple actions, which seem so little, can have an
3: extraordinary impact.
2: Weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern here on BYU Radio.
6: You listen to the news. Now, hear the rest of the story. It's kind of a high-power group to have here. You've got these uh, great academics. Notes from the Kennedy Center on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to The Matt Townsend Show. We've been talking about flow, this uh, psychology of optimal living, optimal experience, Again, the state of flow is just, you know, when you're in the groove and things seem to be uh, jiving for you. We've got a caller, um, Sam, from Manchester, New Hampshire, is uh, calling in with a question. Sam, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How are you, bud?
8: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: Great, great. So uh, what's your question on flow? By the way, do you think you've ever felt it?
8: Yes, i definitely felt flow. My, yeah. uh, my issue actually becomes a little bit... More complex. Good. Which is uh, so. What I want to ask is that I've had a few different. You know, I, I'm kind of a stop and start kind of guy. I'll get into something for like two or three years, and then things just kind of tend to taper off. You okay. Know? I Be a really competitive soccer player. I played jazz guitar for a long time. Interesting. Um, but I and I had that flow, but then after a certain point, things became mundane, and yeah. it just kind of, it just you know, it just fell off, and I'm wondering, you know, have you ever uh, dealt with somebody who, who experienced something like this, or...
0: Yeah, I um, think it's and, human nature. That? That's a great yeah. question, Sam, and it's interesting, too, that you, you kind of, it seems like you do stuff at a very competitive level, too. I mean, you're not just, you're not just, you're playing no, really no, competitive yeah, soccer, and kind of
8: like, yeah, anytime I do something, I tend to, you know, I want to go into it, and I want to be really good at it. But then after, at some point or another, you know, things become kind of boring, and then I I kind of just I fall off or find something else that seems more interesting. Do you and feel... In this... Oh, go ahead. I'm just saying, especially in this day and age, you know, there's so many choices of things oh, yeah. to do. I can always look at something and say, oh, that, that'd be better, that'd be more fun, too. When it, yeah. it,
0: it do you, do you feel like Sam that because um, see so remember one of the the two basic parameters would be you've got to you've got to keep increasing your challenge level okay and you've got to keep increasing your skill level so do you think you right. you do you feel like you run a point where um, you just kind of back off challenging yourself in these things like I mean if I threw you in a soccer match with a couple of professional soccer players would that be interesting for you again?
8: Well, yeah, you know, and I I think that's I think that's right. And a lot of it actually, you know, uh not to, to cry woe well is me or anything, but a lot of it's like physical situations, you know, because that was one of the big things is that, you know, especially with soccer, you know, you had to you have to pay money to play with the, the best
0: Yeah you know, the best yeah.
8: players.
0: No, see so, that's real.
8: Uh, so, and so once you kinda get on the top of the your your rec league or you yeah. know, you kind of Getting your small high school, you're the best player there. You're kind of like, okay, you know,
0: what's left? <laughs> well, and two, and then sometimes you run out of age. You know, you kind of you get to a point where like I'm kind of old to be trying to go pro. Yeah,
8: exactly. So, so I'm gonna. Point need... you now I'm trying to figure something
0: else. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need to back it down. It's interesting, um, but so the principles probably apply. You may just have run out of something because one of the keys to this is there has to be something that's intrinsically rewarding for you. And yeah. sometimes what you might be finding out in some things is that um, you actually are running out of something that val- that you value intrinsically. I mean, there might be a point with soccer on a field that it's no longer the same thing it used to be for you. And so yeah, that does that make sense? The
8: reason why. Well, yeah, that was mainly the reason why I left was because it became a thing between me and my father and left with me and me.
0: Oh, so interesting. I mean. Yeah. So so then all of the a yeah. sudden, but then you went to jazz too, right?
8: Yeah, exactly. How did
0: that? How did that play out for you?
8: Well, that played out with. uh, I ended up going to school in uh, New York City for it, and then uh, and then I, you know, it just kind of it became one of those things where I wasn't willing to sacrifice my whole life to be a jazz player, which is what those people do. I mean, you practice twelve hours a day, and that's you know that's how you spend your time. Yeah, that's he to notice.
0: That's not that wasn't a challenge you wanted. That wasn't you something you were passionate about and interested in
8: yeah i was just kind of trying to find my trying to find my way i'm actually transferring to byu in the winter so. oh, are
0: you really now so one of the things i guess i would challenge you to do is um i would just try to go live the principles on a new thing i mean i think come when you come to school same thing's going to happen challenge yep. and it's got to be you know skills. And then you'll master BYU, and then you'll go get your next degree. And so, I, I maybe one of the keys to flow is the desire, the willingness to just keep trying it, and and then trying right. it. I've noticed with my own family, like all of a sudden, where I find my some of my most intrinsic value are in all of the things I never get paid for. It's right. yeah, being a dad. It's you know. It's uh, so. I think part of this is just keep looking. And I I would challenge you as really for homework. This is your homework. You didn't know you'd get homework, did you, Sam? All right. But I really want you to be looking. I want you to be looking for your next um, thing that intrinsically rewards you, something that you would do for free the rest of your life anyway because you just love doing it. All right. Makes sense. Well, and thank you very much. Thank you so much. And, hey, give us a call back or come visit us when you're uh, at BYU because then we want to hear the follow-up.
8: All right. Thank you very much, Thank Ryan.
0: you, Sam. Appreciate it. Appreciate the call. Uh, I really think you probably helped some other people out there. I mean, again, I don't know that any of us are just going to find that one thing that we can ride and flow the rest of our lives. I would learned the principles. You've got to be challenged and you've got to be skilled. And if you start to get a little bored, but you're still into the idea, then increase the challenge and increase the skill level. I mean, maybe there's some things you can eventually get so good at that you'll still get bored. But then the only thing you need to do is try doing it with your children. Like, for example, when you're bored with soccer, then go teach your kids how to play soccer. That'll change your entire game. Kids mess it up. Let's go to Corinna in Winslow, Arizona. Corinna, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you. How are you?
9: I'm good. How are you?
0: So great, and good to have you on the phone. Um, What's your question?
9: Okay, I was just, um, five years ago, I went through a weight loss period. I I lost 110 pounds. I I was 269, and I dropped 110 pounds. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And it was um, it was a great thing. I started becoming very active and much more healthy. Of course, I started hiking mm-hmm. avidly, and I um, ran a 5K and have since ran two more and a 10K. And just things felt really, really good. And then I remarried. My husband lived in Winslow. I was actually living in Prescott at the time. Uh-huh. And there's beautiful places to hike, amazing places to hike. And Winslow's a real barren, real flat kind of area. There's there's nothing much as far as the way of mountains or that kind of thing. Right. But anyway, my husband and I were married for almost two years. Uh well, we've been married two years. I stayed in Prescott for a year and a half to get a daughter through high school and then I've since moved over to Winslow. And I was going to school when I was in Prescott and I stopped going to school, I've, and I'm, I've kind of stopped everything, yeah. and I'm starting to put the weight back on. And, and in my mind, it's all Winslow's fault. Right. You know. I, yeah. I, I know, as silly as that sounds, and I, I hate that I'm not on track anymore. Yeah. I, I felt much better.
0: Notice it's so much easier to blame Winslow, right?
9: Oh, yeah. It's really easy to, <laughs> to take the responsibility for
0: myself. But see, what what's interesting, too, is you've lost your flow. You you were in the groove. You were totally challenged. And by the way, the challenge, I bet, for you wasn't even just weight loss, but it was this kind of intrinsically valuable feeling of being in flow. Yes. You were, you were hiking. You were doing what you needed to do. It's, it's interesting, too. It sounds like it got you married. Yeah. Which may be is. part of the problem. Um, but <laughs> one of the things I guess I, and this is hard just for time's sake because we've got to go in a few minutes, Corinna. But um, there was stuff you used to do, and you, you may not be able to do exactly the same thing because the hikes may not be the same. But there, there's, and I will bet this is where you'll find some flow again. Go. There was something you used to do. And so go go imagine back to those moments when you were most in sync with who you were, where you felt so good about yourself, and it really, none of this was about your body or your weight, but this is just about you being in sync with nature, with life, with God, with good, everything that you feel. And um, I want you to just go write about it, because I'll bet okay. you, if you would go back to some of those times and write about what you did, write about what you were feeling, write about what you were thinking... Um, We may not be able to put together the exact same regimen that would work in Winslow that you used to have, but um, I'll bet you we will find some of the principles that apply, like you're outdoors, you're you're probably out of yourself, you're you're kind of, even though you might have been trying to lose weight, but you were really just, you were on the move, you were... um, you, you were probably giving in a different way, even while you were dating and single. You were probably a different kind of person. Something we've lost, and I'll promise it's not your city or your state or your town. It's, <laughs> well, darn. it's one of my know it would be so much easier. One of the rules, and we've got to go. But here's and here's a simple wrap up. And but you stay on the line because we want to get you a book. Um, one okay. of the simple rules is make sure you've got your arrows pointed outward towards serving, helping, giving to others. And instead okay. of inward, a lot of times, um, once we start to fall into this funk, and it would be very easy, by the way, for you, if you're able, if you're not able to exercise as much that you're probably sensing a little bit of depression or a little bit of a, uh, you know, a, a fall emotionally because you're not able to, you're, you're gaining some of that weight back. Um, but turn the arrows back out, get a clear goal and make the goal, whatever your goal was back in the day, let's reignite that goal. Make sure it's still attainable. And... Um, uh, start focusing on it and then acting on it every day, every day on that one goal, day in, day out, day in, day out. The research shows that's the fastest way to, uh, to get back to flow. So appreciate the call, Corinna, and all of you. Thanks for listening to The Matt Townsend Show, our show on flow. We never could get Chick sent me high on the phone, but, uh, we'll get him back as a great guest later for you. This is The Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio.